Episode 238 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight, including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log with Garmin Pilot. The Pilot to Pilot podcast is brought to you by The Finer Points. They have an amazing ground school app for the knowledge you need to fly. To learn more, visit learnthefinerpoints.com. The TSO certified Bose ProFlight Series 2 aviation headset pairs Bose noise cancellation with optimum comfort. It's engineered to be the lightest, most compact aviation headset for an uncompromised flying experience. Start your 60-day test flight and finance with Bose Pay at bose.com slash proflight. As pilots, we know that flying is among life's greatest experiences. Learning to fly can be a challenge, but now there's an innovation in pilot training that increases efficiency, streamlines the training process, and improves student retention. The AOPA Flight Training Advantage uses an iPad app and web portals to create an adaptive, dynamic training experience that's unique to each student. Designed to address the most common reasons students drop out of flight training, the AOPA Flight Training Advantage system is used by flight schools, CFIs, and students to make training more effective, efficient, and fun. Learn how you can get the AOPA Flight Training Advantage at aopa.com slash AFTA. That's A-F-T-A. Avi Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot the Pilot podcast. My name is Justin Seams and I am your host. Today's episode is an Ask Me Anything. I put out a poll on Instagram, a question box on Instagram and said, hey, you want to ask me a question? Here's your chance. So what am I doing now? I'm answering your questions. Now, it is Sunday. It is uh, currently 9.54 p.m. Eastern time. And I've had a crazy long day after sitting in Milwaukee for five days chasing around broken airplanes. But here we are. You know, there really wasn't the best time for us to actually record this and ask this. And uh, what, what better way to do it than two days before the podcast is supposed to come out. So shout out to my editor, Kevin, for putting in the time and getting this out. We appreciate you, Kevin. You're the man. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Let me open these up. I just took screenshots of all of them. So uh, let, let's see how they are. But um, I guess I'll get back on this tour. This tour has been a weird tour. It's a seven-day tour. Uh, it's my first one back and and quite a bit because I was sick and I took seven days off for vacation to hang out with my wife and Emmett. And we are starting day six, no, starting day seven and only flown seven hours. This is the least amount of flying I've ever done since I was here. Uh, we have been just waiting for planes to come out of maintenance um, and just some other stuff with other airplanes, but we just have had the bad luck and we're, we're just chasing the maintenance planes right now, which, which happens every once in a while. Uh, it just kind of is what it is and part of aviation. Uh, it, it was good to kind of hang out and sit in Milwaukee for a little bit, but, uh, you know, Milwaukee's cool, but I don't know about four days from Milwaukee. <laughs> so today was a busy day. Today we flew, we had, uh, what did we even do? Wow, I'm having a blank. Today we flew, we started in Milwaukee. We took a rental car to Midway. We flew from Midway to a random small airport called Hotel Sierra Bravo, Hotel Sierra Bravo. Uh, I think it's Harrisburg Raleigh Airport in Southern Illinois. Then we ferried to GSP, Greenville Spartanburg. Tons of weather to deal around. We got around to GSP. And then we took a limo to go to Clemson to take a plane from Clemson to Chattanooga to set up for today. So I'm in Chattanooga right now. And you might be asking, why did you do that? Well, the crew was timing out in Clemson. And Clemson's airport is closing tomorrow morning for four months. So that latitude would have been stuck there for four months if we didn't get it out. So we were kind of the last call. Uh, it really extended our duty day and made our day very, very long. 
uh, and it kind of sucked, but you know, I got to get the plane out. Can't have that plane sitting there for six months or three months, whatever it may be. So that was our day to day. Uh, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it actually just a lot. It was like planes, trains, and automobiles. You know, whenever you have so much movement in a day, when it's not just flying and you just do so many different things, your day just seems like it takes forever. So that was our day to day. And now here we are in the hotel and I'm going to answer some questions. So see what we got. If I can even pull these up. Okie dokie. All right, here's the first list, and it's asking if you can be on the podcast, possibly. It's really right place, right time. Uh, if you notice, there are some more re-releases that have been happening in the future, or that has currently been happening. That's just because my life's crazy at home. Christina literally works 90 hours a week. Uh, we haven't found someone to come watch Emmett while I can record a podcast for one day a week while I'm home. So unfortunately, it's just kind of the reality that I'm in right now. Um, these ask me anythings, these, um, all these episodes are, are really, I think they're fun. Like I really enjoy the ask me anythings, the day in the life. I think they're great. Uh, let me know if there's anything else you'd like me to elaborate on. Maybe one day I can do the, the engine failure story and talk more about that. Um, or we can kind of go anywhere you want to go, talk about anything you want. So if you like these, let me know uh, if you want me to do more day in their lives, uh, let me know as well. I think that we can go a long way with that. Any advice for someone changing careers into aviation? Um, if you are married, you have a partner, you have a significant other, you have a kid, just make sure they are fully aware of what this world is going to be like because it can be rough, man. I've been gone for seven days. My kid was starting to get a personality, see him having fun with my family or my, my parents who are watching him right now, and it just makes me sad. Uh, I don't want him to, to say, uh, I have a dad, but he's not here all the time or he lives somewhere else, you know, like how kids do. Um, so just be sure that your family is fully aware of the situation that being a pilot kind of is, uh, you're not going to be there all the time. Yes, you're there for a lot of things as well, but it's just the reality of it. You're going to miss stuff. You're going to be gone and it, it might be a deal breaker. So definitely talk about that. Um, <clears throat> now's a great time. The airline money is absolutely insane. I mean, just seeing my friends upgrade, just seeing what's going on in the airlines. I mean, it even makes me like double think and be like, how much money is too much to give up? Because where I'm at right now, it's really not airline money. Uh, that could change in the future. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, you just kind of take it as it goes. But right now, the airlines look like an amazing path. You can make a ton of money there right now. And really, who knows what the cap is going to be on how much an airline pilot can be paid. How much impact does your podcast have on people with doubts about career change? Um, not the best question to ask me. Um, you can ask my followers. I assume it helps in some way. Uh, maybe, hopefully, I hope so. Um, I think it's great to hear other stories. I know when I was training, I liked seeing just other people do it, seeing what they struggled with and making sure I wasn't alone and understanding what this whole process is like. And I thought that was great. What's your favorite little knickknack or feature in the latitude? Uh, 100% uh, is the coffee maker when I don't have pilot's coffee. Um, the, the cockpit is, is bigger than most small jets. So the cockpit is very similar to what a actual global cockpit is or Gulfstream cockpit. Uh, it's very comfortable and you're not right on top of each other. So I love that about that. <laughs> Someone said, do you prefer Taylor Swift's reputation? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Why did this go away? All right. Do you prefer Taylor's reputation ETA or lover era? So she meant reputation era or lover era. This is from Allie. We went to college together. She's from Charlotte. Um, <laughs> I actually listen all too well, way too much recently. So that's kind of like a dirty little secret that uh, I spent listening to the 10 minute version more times than I should have. So I guess whatever version or era that would be considered. 
Do you wish you would have finished your CFI? Any ratings you still want to get? Um, if Emmett ever comes up to me and says, hey, I want to be a pilot, maybe I would wish for that, that I had my CFI, but I still think it's best for him to train with someone else. Uh, I don't know about family dynamics or that. Um, if he's going to be anything like my wife, I'm not going to be smart enough to train him. <laughs> so he's going to be smarter than me by like age seven. So it'll be hard for me to teach him anything about flying because he'll probably need more of an in-depth knowledge that maybe I just can't provide for him. Uh, so as of right now, I don't wish I finished my CFI and I have no regrets with that. Any ratings? Um, I'm not really a rating chaser. I don't need to go fly and get all the type ratings in the world. Maybe get my tailwheel. Um, I kind of wish I would have done that beforehand because now I don't want to go back and spend the money to do it. But I think it'd be really cool to uh, to get my tailwheel. Where to get my boots? Johnson Murphy. The boots are sick. You all need some. They're the best. Pros and cons of building hours out of part 135 versus instructing. Um, pros, I would highly recommend part 135. Uh, get the jet time. Go fly. Figure out what life is like on the road. You meet people. That's how you're going to get all your, your contacts and build you for, for your current and future jobs that you're going to have instructing i guess the con of part 135 is make sure you don't pick the bad 135 um one that skips on maintenance one that puts your life and your uh, your ticket in jeopardy instructing um instructing is great i chose to pass it but you can go instruct you can get your time and you can get it done pretty quick and depending on the route you want to go um it's great i always think uh, you should always plan on instructing and if a cool opportunity pops up where maybe you can fly right seat in a citation or you get a cool corporate job or maybe you hit 1500 hours or a thousand hours and go to the airlines and then go do that so i think those are both good options how long is the upgrade at your company? Historically, the upgrade is crazy long. Like when I got hired here, we had, and we still have currently 15-year FOs or SICs as we talk about. So it, it is crazy long. It's not a reason to come here to upgrade as fast as possible. Now, I will say that's going to change. Um, I am hoping to upgrade in the next two years. So that would be seven years total at where I'm at. And like I said in previous podcasts, this is kind of my major airline. Um, so if I could be here for seven years and upgrade and, and have the place I want to be, I consider that a win. But the historic upgrade time is not great here. Um, so yeah, that's something to know as well. <laughs> uh, but it, like I said, it's coming down. When are you getting your seaplane rating? Um, that's another one that I would love to get. But I feel like I hate to say this, but I almost feel like it's a little bit of a waste of money because I'm never going to go fly a seaplane. I'm probably never going to buy a seaplane. I'm probably never going to be an opportunity to go fly seaplane, seaplanes regularly enough to where I feel comfortable flying them solo or with people or whatever it may be. So I feel like it would be a couple day event and then I never get to fly them again and just say that I did it, which I would rather get my seaplane riding and get my seaplane rating and still fly a seaplane pretty often. If that makes sense. Here's a good question about my job. How often do you FBO sit versus hotel sit? I know it's been very busy lately, but what about the past? Um, historically, we sit more in the FBOs than we do in the hotels. Uh, we are doing our best to change that into more hotel sits, but the job is on demand. So it's harder to be in the hotel and then go and be really quick and get there in the time that you need to get there. And I feel like whenever you are at the hotel, so say if you're at the FBO, come back to the hotel, there's more of a chance you're going to fatigue and never go back to the airport because you already took your uniform off. You're already mentally checked out. 
to get the call to go back, that's almost like a a, a crime, <laughs> essentially. Uh, that's almost like, a, what the heck, there's no way I can do that. So there is some FBO sitting. We have been so busy as of late. And like I said, this tour is not a good example of this, but we are very, very busy, just like everyone else. But most of the time you're flying, going, 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 and then you'll have a couple hours every once in a while where you sit at the FBO. Maybe you have a short flying day. You fly two legs and you've only been working for like four or five, six hours. They might have you sit for another two hours just to see what's going on, especially if you're in Dallas, especially if you're in Palm Beach, uh, Chicago, uh, in like a, an area where you can really take over or you can take over any kind of trip that might have had a mechanical failure or just a new trip that popped up. Well, but what airplane will you go to fly next? Global? Yes. Uh, I think the global is on my horizon. When? I don't know. Uh, but it might be sooner than later. I, I have in the past always said laddie, 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 laddie. But I think I just need maybe a little bit of a change, honestly. So I think I, I might need a new challenge. And the global, if we have put out any more bids, uh, might be that opportunity. So it could be pretty cool. Fly global around the world, get some good content. And uh, show people that uh, the global at NetJets is better than the 7.6 that Swain flies. JK, Swain, your job looks awesome. You're making me jealous every time I see you go to a cool place. But yeah, I think, uh, think the global might be where it's at. So we'll see about that. What version of the PC-12 did you fly? The oldest one ever flown. Seriously, it was like the third, the sixth, and the ninth PC-12 ever made. Single digits. Those are the PC-12s that I flew. Nothing like you see right now. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Uh, my buddy Dan, what's your favorite plane and why is it the Vision Jet? Here's the thing. All right. The Vision Jet outside, terrible looking airplane, Vision Jet 1, Gen 1. And I don't know if seriously we're going to be saying this, but they, it wasn't the best performer. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's like well known. They fixed most of that, if not all of that with Gen 2. The inside of the Vision Jet is unbelievable. I totally get it. If you're going from an SR-22 to a Vision Jet, it's just a natural progression. Would I have loved to see the Vision Jet be more of a turboprop? And do I think that might have been the answer? Maybe, but it's not the Cirrus way. Cirrus thinks different. Cirrus is different than every company. And they know how to get their pilots in their ecosystem and stay in their ecosystem. And this was their natural progression. And I think they're doing an amazing job. I mean, you can't buy a Vision Jet or a Cirrus for, the next, for two years. Like, it is so far out. It's absolutely insane. Ever have anyone that owns a Part 135 operation? Um... I don't think so, but I, I am in the works. Uh, my buddy Alex, he knows who he is. He's probably not listening. He's too busy surfing in Southern California. It probably gives away who it is. He's been on the podcast before, but he owns, he is on a certificate now. So maybe I'll have to have Alex on. What's best takeoff or landing? Uh, cruise flight. <laughs> I am one of those that likes to, likes to be in the air. Uh, I don't want to do a bunch of takeoff and landings, but if I had to choose... Um, I'd say they're equally both exciting to me because takeoff is fun, especially on a fun, on a, on a good day, you know, the first flight you haven't had in a while, maybe in the morning, it's really pretty and you just get up and you cruise and, and you, and you take off, you, you bust through the clouds and you're on top cloud surfing or, um, just a, a nice landing after a good flight. Like I think they both have their, their amazing qualities and I think it's awesome. Is your dad interviewing at your company? Unfortunately not. My dad actually got a thanks, but no thanks for my company. So he is onward to other jobs. <laughs> so we shall see. Uh, where in West Virginia did you make that emergency landing? I don't know the exact name of the town. The last and the closest town I remember seeing was New Martinsburg, West Virginia. 
What do you know about XOJet? Uh, I know that they're owned by VistaJet. Thinking about going there in a month. Um, go for it. I don't know much about them to tell you yes or no. Um, I would assume they are somewhat of a reputable, reputable company. So reach out to their pilots that you know or Facebook or whatever it may be um, and see what they think about that job. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. You know, as pilots, navigating bumpy air is all on a day's work. But when it comes to economic turbulence, we're all experienced right now. With soaring inflation rates, well, that can land us outside our comfort zone. And we're not alone. In fact, a recent morning consult with CNBC poll found that 65% of Americans earning over six figures are very concerned about inflation. The good news is our partners at RAA have put together the ultimate inflation guide to help you and your money weather the ongoing market upheaval and counter its impact. It's a free, quick read download delivering the context and perspective you need on the topics that hit close to home for your finances, like what drives inflation and how it's measured, how long the current trend might last, ways to avoid inflation's worst effects, and more. I got my ultimate inflation guide, and believe me, if you do just one good thing for your money today, this is it. So go to raa.com slash pilot to pilot and download your free copy now. Again, that's raa.com slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot to pilot. And now back to today's episode. More about the corporate pilot life. Listening to your podcast has really opened my eyes to that. I've gotten that a lot. Um, corporate is a great job. Corporate is a lot of fun. And I think it's really cool to see different jobs that are out there other than just flying the airlines. Like I said earlier, if you really want to make the most money you can possibly make, the airlines is probably the way to go. Is that going to be the same way in five years? I don't know. Maybe corporate pays in a million, millions, millions of dollars to keep the pilots they have. There's really no way to predict what's going to happen, especially with the economy looking like it's looking and seeing where things are trending. Uh, do they stop hiring as much? I don't know. Can they afford to stop hiring? We really don't know. So the airlines and aviation is always going to be a big wild card. But more about the corporate pilot life, um, I'll probably do another podcast about that. If you have specific questions, make sure to reach out and let me know. Um, corporate's great. Um, yeah, listen to my Fractional Pilot podcast and other ones, and you'll get a good good kind of gist of what we do here. What airline would you go to if you had the choice? That is a very good question, and I am going to say... Number one would probably be Delta. Number two would be United, three American, and four Southwest. Um, yeah, I think th that would be the order right there. Let's see. Let's see. Do you have any career-related regrets? That is a good question because I usually ask people, what's your number one regret? I think one of my regrets would be not starting earlier. Uh, I mean, I did sports all the time, so it was going to be difficult for me to start earlier, but I definitely could have taken a couple intro fights and seen if I like that just to get a better idea of when I'm in college to go do this right away. Um, let's see what else I, I don't know. I'm on the fence. I'm in a weird spot right now where maybe it's because my buddy's upgrading at Delta and making a crap ton of money, but it's second guessing me about <laughs> making decisions that I made, but maybe going a different track and maybe going the airlines. Uh, this is current me just talking about that being vulnerable right now over the podcast. But, um, I don't think so. I'm very glad I came here and I still think this is going to be a career spot and where I'm going to be for the rest of my career. But, um, yeah, I think the only regret would be, and it's not even really a regret. It's just, I, kind of wish that I would have done it. So I guess that qualifies as a regret of, of just starting flying earlier. Have you ever said no to flying packs for any reason? Um, no, not really, especially not here. 
Uh, all our packs are great. The only time that we say no, and it's more of a hold on, we have like as a hold on is in, we have to delay this for weather. We have to delay this for whatever reason it may be. And it's safety. Um, we can get the job done. There's a lot of stuff that we can do to get the job done. We just need to make sure we can do it safely. We have a ton of tools to make sure that we can, we can pretty much get anywhere where they need to go as long as it's safe to do so. So it, it, may, it mainly comes down to safety. And if there's a, a threat of something being unsafe or not safe, uh, not to our, up to our safety standards, then we won't do the flight. But we will do the flight if we think it can be done safely. So we've never had to say no for a PAX reason. Um, can you go into detail about requirements for your job? They are the same requirements for a regional airline. So if you can apply to a regional airline, you need to apply to my company as well. If you think that's something you want to do, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I see myself retired from flying, hanging out at home, uh, having multiple airplanes and a beach house to hang out and not do a single thing while Christina is the breadwinner and the president of the United States. <laughs> uh, 20 years, I don't know, flying, hanging out with uh, my family, uh, still making content. Hopefully by then I'll have a YouTube channel making consistent YouTube videos. It might take me 20 years to get that way, but that's all I can really see right now. I'm trying to survive day by day, man. If anyone knows me, it is a, uh, what are you having for dinner? I have no idea. I haven't gotten a lunch yet. So <laughs> that's kind of where I'm standing right now. Thoughts on accelerated flight training programs? It's all about who you are. If you can handle that pace, then go for it. If not, then uh, maybe go a different route. There's so many routes for so many people. Uh, just make sure you do research. And the best thing you can possibly do is just ask students that have gone through that program. Um, figure out a way to do that. Or the current CFIs there. Just get an idea what the culture is like. Are you going to regret it? Is the money worth it? Are you actually flying? Uh, do you have some weird contract where you have to be a CFI there for 1,500 hours or whatever it may be? Just really do your research and see what's going on. Tips for hosting a podcast, have fun. Um, don't don't have an idea of what you want it to be. Just let it be what it becomes. That makes sense. Like you can't force anything. It just has to become what it is. So go with the flow, enjoy it, and, and honestly just start it. Uh, Mike, that's who your name is. I see it. Mike, you got to start it. Just go for it, man. Do it. What feature do you like least about the aircraft you currently fly? It's slow as dirt and it rides really bad in turbulence. So that's the biggest thing. It's just, it's not really slow as dirt. It's a jet. It flies fast. We fly a 450, but in comparison to other jets, it is slower. And uh, we do notice times where the ride is, is pretty bumpy. So it's not great. What major airline gives you the most contract days off? No idea. I'm not at a major airline. So wrong person asked that. Thoughts on crew scheduling, uh, and this is from someone from my job. Um, you can DM me if you want the real answer. No, I mean, it's tough, right? Like on-demand scheduling is really hard. It gets, it, it's difficult. Um, and everyone seems to be understaffed, not even just pilots wise, but even at our headquarters, at airline headquarters. And then when you add on to that, is there's so many stressors that come with other things as well. With, with catering, with uh, hotels, with even local restaurants. We went to go get pizza and they were understaffed and they had to close early. So we had to completely figure out other food and it was a, it was a headache. But there's just a lot of stuff going on in the world right now and just trying to slow down a little bit. So the pace is crazy, but um, yeah, we can talk about that in TMs if you want. Uh, get a little more specific. But uh, overall, I think everything is going pretty well. Favorite FBO experience? 
I don't know. It, it's really hard. FBOs are a lot are are very similar to me. I try not to spend too much time on them. I love just sitting in the airplane with the AC, with the bathroom, with a coffee maker, with water, whatever I got. So usually my FBO experience is very transient. Um, I want it to have some kind of couch or pilot lounge that has a comfortable chair that doesn't look like it has bed bugs or has been made in the 1970s and a TV. That's pretty much all I'm looking for. So whatever has that, I'm happy. doesn't matter if it's a small FBO or if it's a big FBO. Uh, plane sense versus wheels up for starting out 91K 135. Um, when I was coming up, I was always told that twin turbine time is the way to go. So maybe wheels up, but I don't know if that's really going to be an issue as you are going forward. Do you hope to change aircraft within your company or move on elsewhere? Um, yes, I answered the the change aircraft within your company. Yeah, Latitude is not going to be forever. Um, Global would be great as a SIC and then maybe come back to the Latitude as a captain. That'd be kind of cool. I want to know your answers to the rapid fire questions. I don't have enough time for that one, but that's a good one. So uh, let's make that happen sometime. How about that? What would you do if you were a newish pilot in this industry? Airlines or stick with the fractional? Wow. You guys are really uh, on me with these fractional questions or what am I going to do or should I stay here? or What do I regret? Um, if I am a new pilot and looking at contracts and contracts to be right now, as it stands, the airlines are the way to go. It's a way to make the most money. It's the way to, to do a lot and to really honestly make the most money. And if that's what you're in for, then that's what you need to do. Uh, the money difference can be substantial. Um, now just know everything is fluid. Everything changes. So what, who gets paid the most today and tomorrow might not be who gets paid the most in two years. So you're never really going to truly be happy if you're always chasing the money and if you're always chasing the upgrade. So sometimes patience does pay off. Sometimes patience is the way to go and find a place that you like and you feel comfortable at and stick it out and stay there and really give them the chance to show you what they can do. So like say, um, let's say, let's just use airlines as an example. Say you are currently at United. Delta and American agree on these amazing contracts, but Delta is not ready to agree on a contract. Just because Delta or just because those other two airlines have agreed to a contract doesn't mean you need to quit your job, give up your seniority and go there and, and just rule off Delta because you never know. The, in two years or even a year and a half, their contract that come out with might blow the blow the other airlines out of the water. So that can happen at any company. That can be corporate, fractional, whatever it may be. That is just uh, it's a game that you got to play and figure out if you're comfortable with that. Um, twenty five minutes. Let's finish this up soon. Different besides starting sooner. That I hate to say that, but that does not make sense. Different besides starting sooner. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> where did you get your intro jet sound from? That was from Pilot Mike. Uh, Mike made that. Mike Wagner. Sorry, Pilot Wagner, I should say, on Instagram. Uh, he's like, hey, I'm going to make you a jet sound. I was like, cool, let's do it. That was when I was uh, flying freight. So that was uh, cool. What's your best memory from a flight? Um, it was really cool after my commercial air commercial check ride that was the best check ride i think i ever had in a small piston where i just felt so comfortable with the airplane and flying back and kind of feeling like hey i did it i can get paid uh a really cool flight for just like an emotional flight when i worked free i had a, a friend that actually passed away and my company wouldn't let me go to his funeral and i was flying that day and he was a huge clemson fan and i was flying back for freight 
and um, the color, the sky was the most Clemson sky I've ever seen in my life. And it was just an emotional thing, just like feeling like he was there. Not to get too sappy, but that's probably up there. Uh, flying with my dad to get um, some breakfast, not some breakfast, to get some lunch one day was a lot of fun. Flying with my buddy Eric was awesome because he didn't shut the door hard enough. And I made a turn and his door opened and the scared look on his face was priceless and probably the best thing that's ever happened. <laughs> and of course, anytime I get to fly with my wife, we haven't done it too much, but it was always fun to fly her in a small plane and, and kind of go and have some fun and explore. Um, What's Emmett's future? Oh, I like this question. Is he going to be a future Southwest Airlines captain? That's coming from a Southwest pilot or a doctor. Let's go with professional golfer you know i'm that's what i'm feeling right now golf seems like a good sport and a chill sport and something that he can go do and, and have fun doctor and pilot it takes too long man <laughs> a lot of delayed gratification especially the doctor side like i don't know i don't know how christina's doing that that is absolutely insane and is way too much for one person or any person to go through so doctors kudos to all the doctors out there that process is the absolute worst um, but let's go, let's go professional athlete and golfer, tennis, one of those. That'd be cool. Maybe basketball, baseball, football, whatever. We're going to go, we're going to go athlete. What's your current upgrade timeline? We talked about that. I'm hoping in two years, so seven years total. What's the strangest, most difficult approach you've flown in the latitude? Um, hand flying in a truckie. Uh, I can't remember the runway. Um, you get kind of close to the mountains. That can, it's not really difficult. It's just a little bit challenging. Uh, Aspen can be a little iffy sometimes. Uh, the latitude's more. Anytime you have, I guess the most difficult one I ever flown was going into Teterboro, circle to land, and the winds were gusting right at our crosswind limit. And right after we landed, like two minutes later, uh, they were outside of our limit. So it was it was really strong. Uh, probably the worst turbulence I've ever been in my life. And I was with Neil, and Neil will agree to this. It was the nicest landing in the history of the latitude. It was an absolute beast. I'm nervous for my check ride. Any tips? Be yourself, man. Your CFI would not have signed you off unless you're ready for this check ride. And no matter what, you're going to have nerves. If you don't have nerves, I'd be more worried for you unless you're Mindy's husband who just decided to go golfing the day before his check ride, not study and not be nervous. So unless you're a freak of nature like that, <laughs> which isn't a good thing. Uh, love you, Kevin. Maybe. I don't really know you that well. So, <laughs> But unless you're like Kevin, um, yeah. It's okay to be nervous. Um, just go fly, man. Have fun. Uh, you know what you're doing. You know what you're ready for. Especially if it's your first check ride, just kind of uh, don't say too much. You know, don't dig your own grave. Just kind of answer the questions as they go and go from there. I'm just finishing my instrument. Is it worth the money going to a 141 school for commercial and multi? I'm going to say no because I don't think you qualify for the restricted ATP. Now, this might change, but I'm pretty sure you have to have a certain amount or even have to start from your private or your instrument. So I would say no, but I would put a caveat with that is that you need to check with that 141 school to see if you would apply or if you would count toward a restricted ATP. If you do, then yeah, go for it. But I don't think that'd be the case. So you would just be spending more money going to a 141 school. Now, the one good thing would be is that you might get it done sooner, but that's not always the case. A lot of 61 schools, you can get your ratings done just as fast, if not sooner, than a 141 school. So make sure you, you check all that out. Um, job opportunities on the corporate for the baby pilots, you have aerial survey, uh, CFI, and maybe the unicorn single pilot job, not single pilot job, the unicorn SIC job. Those are going to be on a need to know basis. When I say need to know, they're more of who you know. 
Um, so you need to know the right person. Uh, that's going to be big right there. So those are really the only two options. Uh, aerial survey, CFIing, uh, pipeline patrol. That's pretty much the only options as a young pilot. Maybe Cape Air, uh, any of those. Anytime in a Cessna 337, no. Is that a plane? I don't know if a 337 is an actual plane. Maybe I need to look that up. But <laughs> 337, no. Do you want to fly my 182RG? Um, sure. I hate to say it, but I do not like Cessna's any small Cessna retractable gear, and I will actively try to stay out of one. <laughs> so no disrespect to that plane, but I would still fly it. But own it? No. What's it like to fly the latitude? Um, it's a lot like flying any kind of plane, honestly. Uh, just a little bit faster than what you might be used to if you fly a smaller plane, but it's kind of a truck. Uh, it doesn't, it takes a lot of forces. Like you have to be very active on the yoke and it's very, very heavy on the controls. There's no hydraulic assist with the, with the aileron. So there's a lot going on and it, uh, it can be a handful every once in a while. Did you ever think about transferring somewhere else to start at QB? I did. So after my first year, after we won the Rose Bowl, I was kind of, I kind of wrote off Ohio State and I really wanted to go somewhere else. But in the back of my mind, I knew that Ohio State could offer me so much more than maybe starting at a small D1 school. And I knew that the, the alumni would put me in a position to just do some great things in my life. And it also knew that Having the ability to play in Rose Bowls, go to national championships to me was more important than going five and six or whatever my record might be at a small school and not competing in those big bowl games. So I thought that was that was worth it for me. How do you deal with loneliness on the road when you want to be home with a family? That's a great question. Uh, it hits me harder and harder every single week that I'm on the road. And honestly, it never gets easier. It's something that you just have to accept that this is part of the job. You have to accept that this is your job. You're on the road to, to make money, to provide for your family, and you have to focus on the time off that you're going to have. You can't be sitting in a hotel room just being sad about it. Uh, that's not going to make anyone happy, and it's make you miserable on the road just as long as you're miserable at, at home as well because you're always thinking about, man, I got to go to work soon. You'll be sad. You just have to enjoy the moment, man. You got to enjoy where you are. Enjoy what you're doing, flying the airplane and try to just have the most fun that you can have and really make the most fun out of all of your opportunities, whether that's with your family or whether that's out on the road flying, because it's all precious. Uh, and nothing's, nothing's promised for tomorrow, uh, but your job, life, family, whatever it is. So just enjoy everything and try not to, to really, um, harp on the bad stuff. And that, that can be bad, especially if you're eating, eating alone or you get FaceTimed and you got to go because something crazy happened or you get a picture of your kid crawling or a video of your kid crawling and you missed it. But you just got to remember you're doing the best you can. You're living your dream and you're trying to provide for your family and make the most out of your time with your family and you should be okay. Going into the busy holidays, we should team up for nutrition. Uh, it's not a bad idea. I especially need help with my nutrition, so <laughs> that's always good. Um, what is after getting your private pilot license? Your instrument rating. That is what it's after. If you could go by any GA aircraft, what would it be? And what is your fave approach to do? Um, I always like flying whatever's home. That's my favorite approach. Um, Jackson Hole by far is probably the coolest place I've ever flown to, so I'd have to go there. If I could buy any GA aircraft, I'm leaning towards a 182. That is probably my dream GA small airplane. But Cherokee 6 is slowly but surely rising up the list. They're both kind of similar airplanes in their category. One's low wing, one's high wing, but they have a similar mission. 
So that's what I would say right there. That's it, man. I need to take a, I need to go to bed. This probably isn't the best episode in the world. If it's not, I apologize. If it is, then keep listening because it's great and share it with all your friends and family. But Aviation, I hope you're having a great day. And as always, happy flying.